Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm, and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm slash partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Greetings from Salton Sea, Episode 5, Bicycle. I don't remember anything at all about that night. Why can she remember and I can't? It's a process. Like life? A journey and not a destination? A journey to a destination. Take a moment to savor your progress. You're doing the hard work. You're yearning toward clarity. Out of the fugue and into the fire. Who was she to you back then? Jillian Martin. She was Kevin's girlfriend. At age 12? Platonic. I don't think they'd even kissed yet. She lived nearby in Ocean Breeze Estates. We'd walk her home from school. Kevin did anyway. I'd hang back, pretend I was preoccupied with looking at the sidewalk or something, so they could talk. Did you have feelings for her as well? I honestly don't remember, Doc. But I must have, right? Strong feelings. Unresolved feelings. Why else would I have killed her? Perhaps not because of what you felt, but because of what she knew? That's nuts. What could she possibly know? What did she tell you? I don't know. I fucking don't remember. Deep breaths. Count to ten. One, two, three, four. Better? It will come, Kellen. It will come. Rucker! Wakey, wakey! No! What's got your shorts in a twist? I thought you were going to pour ice water on my head again. Huh. Do I strike you as a repetitious sword, Rucker? Besides, these floors are the original 1950s hardwood. Don't want them to warp got to respect more than a half century of foot traffic. This place is a dump. Nah. It's got character. Ambiance. Venetian blinds, scar oak desk, metal file cabinet, piles of paper, and inch-thick dust on every available surface. A bake-like telephone desk. Where the hell did you find that? Vanilla folders? Really? When everything these days is computerized and digital? For my clientele, 
this scene harkens back to a simpler time. To when dinosaurs roamed the earth? To when Raymond Chandler packed heat, wore a snap-brim hat, and beat the pavement on behalf of his at-their-wits-end clients. Now that was one class-act, hard-boiled private dick. Philip Marlowe. What? Chandler was the writer. Marlowe was the dick. Like Frankenstein was the doctor, and the reanimated monster was just a monster. You've been hitting the booze again, Rucker? I step out to do an errand and you hop-skip it down to the corner of the liquor store like an alky with his shakes? Why would I need to go out? Don't you have a cliched half-bottle of scotch stashed in your file cabinet? Did you take a look? Here's what's in here. I should have guessed. Wanna hit? I'm good, Frank. What'd you do with my rental car? Push it into a pit of hydrochloric acid? Sneak it into a junkyard car crusher? Oh, don't be such a drama queen, Rucker. I returned it to where you got it from. The rental lot at Palm Springs International Airport. Then I took a cab back here. I didn't fill the gas tank before I dropped the rental off, though, so be prepared for that inflated line item on your credit card tab. Along with your 45-minute cab ride? Ooh. That sure fired up the old gray cells. You're missing out, Rucker. This is the same rarefied air the Greek gods sucked into their lungs up on Mount Olympus. Don't fret, Boyle. I commandeered a cab. I didn't hire one. You carjacked a taxi cab? Nah. I merely flashed my shield and said, Drive, motherfucker! And 40 minutes later, here I am. Because the cab driver thought you were a cop. Not my fault. I never identified myself as such. Still works with cabbies. With Uber drivers, not so much. Did you have a look-see at your brother's file? No, not yet. I was resting my eyes. Mmm. Still exhausted from a long night of boozing, fucking, and strangling, huh? I told you I didn't kill her. I never hurt anybody in my life. Except myself. Sorry. My bad. I don't want to push you in the direction of a psychotic break, Rucker. I want to string you along for a couple more days so I can collect the max per diem. Okay? Yeah. Okay. At least now nobody knows you're still in town. So, what? I should hide out here in your office? You sure as hell can't go back to your motel. Nothing left there but a pile of smoldering rubble. Here, you got a roof over your head. Window air conditioning, a couch to crash on. There's even a toilet and a hot plate. What more do you want? My own life? My modest, uneventful life back home in Seattle? Well, you know how it goes. You take a life, you forfeit yours. I told you. Pop a chill pill rucker. You're so damn sensitive. I got a safe behind the desk. You want to put your brother inside for safekeeping? Then you don't have to carry him around in that brown paper bag. You look like a drunk with a cheap flask clutched to his chest. This is not my brother. It's just a bone. A shin bone. Not even enough to bury. I shall rephrase. Do you want to store your brother's shin bone in my safe? Nothing will happen to it in there. Yeah. Okay. You can retrieve it anytime you like. You want to hand it over? Oh, yeah. Here.
All right. Let's start with this. That's a videotape. Nobody uses videotape anymore. It's as anachronistic as your Polaroid. You can't even play something like that. With a VCR, you sure as hell can. I should have figured you'd have one. What's on the tape? Your interview with the cops on the night your brother disappeared. My interview? I... I don't remember ever talking to the cops. Your interview with the lead detective Langford lasted 72 minutes. Five minutes of questioning, followed by over an hour of asking the same questions 50 different ways. That's how I did it back in my day, too. Never met the man personally. His ticker gave out before I moved down here. There's also a uniformed patrol officer present, a detective trainee. She kept her mouth shut. Since you were a juvenile, your father was in the interrogation room as chaperone, but he never said a word either. I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it? This will help refresh your memory of the events that night. I don't want to see it. Rucker! I don't want to fucking see it! Why not? My whole life, I've tried to forget that I lost my only brother. That he disappeared completely from my life. That one day, he was just gone. It's a really deep wound. It penetrated my heart. It took years to scar over. I don't want to rip it open again. Too bad. No. Turn it off. Sit back down, Rucker. What are you going to do? Hmm? You going to shoot me, Frank? Are you going to pistol whip me? Are you going to... What the hell are you doing? Do I strike you as amenable, Rucker? Now shut up, sit your ass back down, and pay rapt attention, or the next bullet goes in your foot. It's 041 Sunday night, May 5th, Detective Oliver Langford of the Salton Sea Police Department conducting initial interview with potential eyewitness, a minor child. In the room, child's father, along with patrol officer Helen Dove. For the record, what is your name, son? You don't need to be afraid. Your, your dad will be right here with you the whole time. Son, look at me. I'm just seeking the truth about what happened to your brother. You can help me with that. You want to help, don't you? Yes, sir. Now, speak up now, son. My ears are not what they used to be. Raise your voice so I can hear you clearly, okay? Okay. What is your name, son? For the record, and so I know what to call you. Kellen. That's good. Are you Kellen Abel Rucker? Uh-huh. Of 2363 Seabird Lane, Sultan Sea? Uh-huh. You told the patrol officer that you and your brother were out riding bikes. Bike? We only have one bike. The pair of you were sharing a bicycle? Navigator, generator. I pedaled. My brother steered. Got it. Uh, kind of late to be out riding your bike on a school night, wasn't it? I guess so. Did your parents know that you boys were out of the house? No, sir. You snuck out? Yes, sir. You and your brother do that often? Sneak out of the house at night without your parents being none the wiser? Sometimes. Where did you go? To the shore. You mean the public beach behind the crab shack? Yes, sir. Why there? The recorder can't see you shrugging, son. Because that's where we like to go. You go there to smoke dope? No. 
We just like to lay on the beach and look up at the stars. Stargazing. Don't just nod, son. Speak up. Sometimes there's meteor showers. We look for the Milky Way and the North Star. We like to think about which star is burned out. Only we don't know it yet on account of how far away it is. It's like the inside of a kaleidoscope up there. Only without all the colors, and I guess without anything much moving. They say the galaxy up in the sky is infinite, which means it goes on forever. If you look really close, there's always something you haven't seen before. So both of you boys are lying on your back in the sand, stargazing, when, what, your brother gets antsy and decides to walk around? No. He went to move the bike. Your bike? The bike you both rode to the beach? Yes, sir. Where was it so he had to move it? We left it up on the rise near the road. You know, we just dropped it in the sand when we got there. He was worried that if someone came along in a car and swung wide, they could hit him. So he went to move it? Yes, sir. And then what happened? A car came. A car came down the shore road while you were lying on your back, in the sound, down behind the crab shack, and your brother was up on the road? Yes, sir. Now, this is very important, son. I want you to tell me what happened next, just as it happened. I saw the headlights first. They shone on my brother, made him look as white as a ghost. He was holding the bike by the handlebars and looking at the car. The car pulled over. It stopped. I heard the door opening. Did you see the driver? No, the driver's door was facing the other side. Did you see if the driver was a man or a woman? No. Did you hear anything? A voice? Voices? A radio? No. What happened next? My brother dropped the bike and stepped away, out of the lights, and onto the road. I think I couldn't see him anymore. You didn't hear him call out? No. The car drove away. I yelled to my brother, but he didn't answer. So I walked up the rise. The bike was lying on the side of the road, and... And he was gone. Do you believe he got into the car? I guess so. I can't think what else could have happened to him. Did you see the license plate, son? No. I only saw the side of the car. Could you tell the make, or the model, the color? Son. It was a taxi. A big one. A taxi cab. Let the record show that Kellen Rucker is nodding his head. Describe it, son. It was shiny, yellow. Did you see the name of the cab company, maybe on the side door? No. Any numbers? No. Anything at all you can remember about the taxi? Anything at all? No, sir. I'm sorry. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. Rucker, I surely didn't expect to see you again. I heard you skip town. Come by for a last look at the Virgin's visage. Most people can't help themselves. She's a classic beauty, isn't she? A little too much like the Mona Lisa for my taste. You know, as dour as a doornail and lacking eyelashes. But aesthetics like fashion surely does change with times. It's not why I'm here, Detective Dove. Then run along. Duty calls. I'm working a serious crime right now. Got no time to shoot the breeze with a tourist. Good Lord, where are your shoes? This was a resort town. Nobody's required to wear shoes. Then you should take off your socks, or at least buy yourself a pair of 99-cent flip-flops over at the Dollar Mart. When I asked you about my brother's case, you said there were, and I quote, no contemporaneous eyewitnesses to an abduction. Actually... I think I said there were no corroborating contemporaneous eyewitnesses to an abduction. And there weren't. I was an eyewitness. I saw the whole damn thing. And why exactly would I bother to tell you what you already know? I don't remember anything about that night. Nothing. How would I know that? Seeing that this is the first time you've managed to drag yourself back home in, what, 14 years? Runs in the family, does it? You got an early-onset version of your daddy's disease? Fernand's a wet-brain alcoholic. Way I hear it. That apple don't fall too far from the tree. I don't drink anymore. That faint, day-old, stale odor of 80-proof gray goose emitting from your pores claims otherwise, son. How can you possibly smell anything at all above the stench of rotten eggs in this fucking crazy town? Profanity in front of the Blessed Virgin may not be a mortal sin, but it's most certainly a venial one. Sorry. I saw my brother abducted by someone driving a yellow taxi cab. That what you actually remember? I told you. That you don't remember. I heard you. Then how is it you know about what you reported back then? I watched the videotape of my interview with Detective Langford. God rest that dear man's soul. Bum ticker finally failed him at the tender age of 57. A shame. You buy that bootleg copy of that video off the internet? eBay? Dark web? Shh. Thought we'd shut down that seedy little corner stall of the black market. There's a market for bootleg witness interview tapes? You'd be surprised what gets folks off. Detective Dove, I saw the yellow taxi the night my brother was taken. Even if I don't remember it now, I saw it. I was in the room at the time, and I heard you say you did, Mr. Rucker. Did you at least follow up on what I told you? Yes, indeedy. Took a full week and all the manpower we had, but we verified the whereabouts of every licensed taxi in a hundred miles. From Palm Springs to San Diego. Not a one was in Salton Sea at the time young Kevin disappeared. Then it had to be a gypsy cab. Did you... 
You don't believe me. Not then, not now. I believe you're sincere at this moment, Mr. Rucker. Back then, not so much. You thought I was lying? I know you were lying. Or, to be generous, making it all up. How did you know that? Oh, I got five kids, Mr. Rucker. Not to mention 23 nieces and nephews and enough younger cousins to fill a high school gymnasium. And I've been a cop for more than 30 years. 90% of what I heard during any given day was at least a shade or two from God's honest truth. Not necessarily criminal-level prevarication, more like CYA as a matter of course. I was sitting four feet away when Ollie interviewed you. My eyes never left you the entire time. Watch your bootleg tape again and look real close at your body language. You squirmed in your seat like a worm on a fishing line. Kids that age are squirrely by nature, but you were a right little wiggle worm. Then, when you'd open your mouth to answer a question, you'd glance up at Ollie like sly kids do to see if the adult is actually listening. Every time you got to the part about the taxi cab, you got all rigid in your seat like you'd been electrocuted and kept your eyes locked on your hands in your lap. Your fingers were gripped so tightly together your knuckles went white and you never looked up. Not once. Ergo, you were lying. That's probably why you don't remember, son. It never happened. And what do you think happened? The time I thought you were covering up for him. Covering for who? For Kevin? Covering what? That he'd run off. Ran away. Split. Bamoosed. Hit the highway. Bummed it out of town into the great blue yonder. He was 12. The age span for local runaways generally starts at the onset of puberty, accelerates when they're eligible for a driving license, and continues until voting age. After that, they're on their own. 12 is on the cusp. No. Kevin wouldn't run away without me. Except when three's a crowd. And you were number three. Odd boy out. What are you talking about? Young Kevin was all hot and heavy with a local girl. I caught him making out more than once underneath the lifeguard tower. Now that girl had ambitions. Wanted to be an actress or a model or something. Hated living here. Wanted to head to L.A. or New York or maybe Vegas. I figured she saw your poor brother as a tween sucker who'd help her follow her dreams. Real femme fatale in the making, she was. Are you talking about Jillian Martin? She wasn't even 12 yet. She had braces and frizzy hair. No, oh, ugly ducklings tend to become the most eye-catching swans. But she didn't disappear that night. She did not long after. Because her family moved away. Clever girl. Clever plan. All these years, I thought young Kevin was shacked up with her somewhere. Probably in West Hollywood or Venice Beach. Far away from Salt and Sea, anyways. You found Kevin's shin bone on the beach. He never left town. Admittedly, that fact does put a wrench in my theory of the case. Guess I was wrong. My revised theory is that she killed him in a rage when he balked at making a run for it. 
rolled him into the lake. Though with the high salinity, you'd have thought he would have floated to the surface and bobbed there like a ping-pong ball until the next millennia. Hmm. Maybe she used a cinder block to weigh him down. I'd put nothing past that prepubescent seductress, even if she did have skinny legs. When I'm not up to my eyeballs in this homicide investigation, I might just chase little Missy down. Wonder whatever became of her. I'll sure as shoot and find out. Now, I gotta get back to it, Mr. Rucker. I got a hot case on my plate. Sign here, and here. What am I signing? Don't worry, son. It's not a confession. I'll have it brought out to the lobby for you. You found another bone? No. Your bike. Got no reason to keep it in evidence anymore. Been sitting in the back room collecting dust for more than 20 years. Either take it with you or we'll auction it off. Your choice. No! Greetings from Salton Sea is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Tom Bayer, Jeff Blumberg, Marta Cross, Harry Gawillam, Jackson Gawillam, Mark Irvingson, Charlie Rendazzo, Time Winters, and Tracy Winters. Post-production producer, Daniel Kamen. Sound design and editing by Charlie Rendazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production Manager, Devin Shepard. Production Coordinator, Angela Yi. Executive in Charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.